How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, the Milwaukee Bucks just won 93-90. to They pull one out on the road in Portland. And I, I'm going to call this an immediate reaction pod because I'm still watching the post game on my TV and that's not normally the case. So I don't think either of us have had a, a long time to think about this or try to just try i mean try to comprehend what just happened we we didn't have time for that so um your immediate reactions upon watching this game putting your microphone on calling me on skype and recording this what do you got well i think you know emotionally it feels similar to to what we saw a week ago uh, last wednesday against uh the la clippers where you know, the Bucks. I don't want to say the Bucks seem to be in control because I don't, you know, again, the Bucks had a double-digit lead at halftime tonight in, in Portland. Uh, they, you know, had had a, a pretty decent lead uh, throughout much of the third quarter. But um, as as probably we should expect, uh, the Portland Trailblazers do make a run. Uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, um, you know, big nights. Lillard, 31 points. McCollum, 21 points. Um, but neither guy really gets hot from deep. They combined three of 13, the Blazers four of 21 from three. Uh, and obviously, you know, you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, if, if they're on the road and they hold a team to that kind of shooting, you're generally going to like their odds. And, um, you know, down the stretch, they, you know, they go down, I think three points a couple times, but, uh, guys making big plays, including Giannis Adetokounmpo making, uh, a, a couple big defensive plays and Malcolm Brogdon making plays on both ends. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess I'm just, I'm just happy that, that we can spend this podcast talking about, Hey, Hey, the Bucks won a road game that, that we didn't think they were going to win rather than, Oh God, how did their rotations and, you know, fourth <laughs> quarter, uh, clutch, uh, problems once again, rear their ugly head. So, um, you know, again, not, not the, the greatest effort offensively from the Bucks tonight, but, um, you know, difficult to find much to complain about defensively against a team that, that obviously can score in spades. And, um, you know, you go into a, a Kings game tomorrow night with uh, three wins already banked on the road trip and a chance to make it a four and two trip. Um, that's, that's pretty much, you know, best possible scenario type territory. So, um, difficult to, to complain with the end result, although I'm sure we'll uh, pick apart maybe some of the, the details here. <laughs> uh, let's start there. You just mentioned the Kings game. Has that become an S2L now or is it, are they in such a positive space now with already getting three wins on this road trip that tomorrow is not a uh, sucks to lose? Uh, you know, I hesitate to call any road game a sucks to lose. Um, I mean, you know, the Kings, they had a long stretch of being very bad. Um, I think after the Cousins trade, uh, I forget how many games they lost in a row, like eight, eight games in a row or something they lost. Then they did win a couple games in a row. Um, beating the, the Magic and Suns. So, okay, not that impressive. Now they've lost uh, a couple in a row to the Thunder and Spurs. So, I mean, look, this is an NBA team. It's a road game. You're on a back-to-back on the road. You're a young team that is 
probably feeling pretty good about itself right now. So um, I'm sure that that everyone will be, you know, in histrionics if the Bucks find a way to lose this game um, because that's what we do. But do I trust the Bucks to just sort of take care of business on the road? Uh, I'm hopeful, but let's just say I'm, I'm not. So that's a, a no. It's, know, it's not a sucks I'm, to lose. Well, I, I think it's a sucks to lose for most people, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not to the point of, um, of, of feeling like I can kind of bank it and mentally. And as you said, if they do lose, I mean, it does, I think it will suck. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but it, at least you can still go home and, and feel like, you know, you, uh, you held serve and, and then some uh, on the road with uh, a road trip that you're getting. 500 on yeah I, I think i agree i don't i don't think i'm willing to call it a sucks to lose i think there's there's been some brutal uh s2ls so far this year and i i don't think that kings won on the second game of a back-to-back on a west coast road trip to wrap up a six game almost two week west coast road trip like i i don't think i can call that a sucks to lose but um i mean the, it would the, it would it would suck to lose but we we use sucks to lose mainly because we don't want to say must win. Correct. And tomorrow is definitely tomorrow is definitely not a must win, right? I it totally is a agree. really really want to win, but it's not a you know oh my god the season is, is in jeopardy if you lose the game. And and you know to the Bucks credit, uh, you know again this is we we've talked about this right. You got to take care of business, but I mean if, and especially when you don't take care of business, and the Bucks have had some games early in the season where they did not. Um, you need to start getting some of those back with road wins that. You know, uh, you're not expected to win. And now you've got two of them on this road trip uh, in L.A. against the Clippers as well as now tonight in Portland. So, um, you know, credit to credit to this team. And um, certainly a, a number of guys, you know, again, uh, made big plays. And, um, you know, defensively, I mean, you can't look at the end result and, and be anything but impressed with, with what they did going in uh, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily an, an easy place to play. And, um, you know, certainly for a young team that was under pressure there in the fourth quarter, they they hung together and and pulled out a win. When let's be honest, um, you know, the Bucks have have not typically done that from what we've seen this season. So um, so I think lots of encouraging stuff. But um, yeah, lots to discuss. As I say, largely this season when it's come down to crunch time, the Bucks have found a way to lose, not find a way to win. And uh, these last, like you said, on this West Coast road trip, they've found two games they they found a way to win in two games on the road against uh, the Blazers aren't as strong as we thought they were going to be going into the season but this is a team that's playing as well as anyone in the NBA has in the last month um they end up winning that one they end up winning against the Clippers those, those are two games earlier in the season they probably don't win they, they don't find a way to win that they find a, a way to frustratingly lose that one and like you said instead during this during this podcast, we're talking about all the ways that we're furious and upset with what happened. And instead we're talking about how they managed to sneak out with the victory. I guess in this one, the, my fear throughout the entire fourth quarter was the Blazers tonight, for some reason, didn't seem to care that they were switching tiny guards onto Giannis and Middleton. Um, they they just didn't care at all. And uh, when you saw Giannis have that big second quarter, it was pretty much all on post-ups or finding a, a smaller guy and taking him off the dribble or somehow taking advantage of that mismatch. And when you saw Chris Middleton close this one out in, in the fourth and in the second ha- or and in the third quarter as well, it was, okay, finding a, a smaller guy and 
making him pay. And uh, I guess my fear the entire fourth quarter was, okay, they might punish those guys in the post, but most of the time they end up getting twos. Like there are nights obviously where the bucks will kick it out, move it around and get a three. But for the most part, those possessions end in Giannis or Chris taking a, a, a relatively easy two or maybe even a contested two and uh, with the blazers obviously you know they're gonna get the threes up so uh, i just had this this dread just lingering that they're gonna start trading twos for threes and all of a sudden the blazers are gonna make a run and that that just never ended up coming and four for 21 from the three-point line for the portland trail trailblazers that is that is startling. That, that is, it's just a crazy number uh, to see for them because they're a team that obviously likes to shoot a lot of threes, and a lot of nights guys like Lillard and McCollum make quite a few of them. Those two combined from the three-point line were 3 of 13. From the field, they're 22 of 43. Um, so I guess from the field, not terrible, but still. Uh, no, really good, really good from the field. I mean, that's over 50%. Correct. But, but, but from they, the three point so, so line, they, just wasn't yeah, there for those guys. And, and really, right. when you're playing the Blazers, that's always kind of where they take advantage of is they're going to get those threes and they're going to kind of, again, like I said, they'll more willingly sw- trade twos for threes and their threes weren't falling tonight. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, but man, those those defensive sequences late in the game. It, one, it, it was kind of refreshing to see an NBA game in the final minute take about a minute. <laughs> um, that that is not something you normally see, but uh, it got to that stretch and they just went back and forth. And it, again, it wasn't the prettiest basketball because obviously it kind of started with uh, with a Middleton miss and then uh, the Blazers finish and then a Middleton turnover um, and then a, a couple stands there for the Bucks on just a couple insane plays. But again, to see them win with the defense with a lineup that I don't think has probably seen a whole lot of time together on the floor um, as the Bucks went with Giannis at center for much uh, pretty much from the moment he came in in the fourth quarter um so to see that was kind of strange and they ended up getting some stops so uh again they found a way to win and that's not something we've said a lot of times this season yes yeah, well strange fourth quarter because i mean they were they were horrible when they were small right which and look i i'm i, I always want want to see more small lineups just because i feel like the bucks have not experimented much with those um that was a lineup that that got killed yep. in the middle part the the weird, the what I referred as the no good players lineup <laughs> uh, to start the fourth, um, which featured uh, what was it? Delhi, Jet, um, was Snell in? Yep. I think Snell was in. Toledovich and Henson, I think. Um, that lineup, which you know is painfully short on shot creators, uh, you know, if ever there was a good time for Mirza Toledovich to to get hot and and make some plays. That was it, and all he eight of his threes. points during that yeah. stretch. All eight. he hits two, he hits two threes. He gets you know does one of his you know no 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 oh it went in uh, drives <laughs> to the rim and you know without him doing that I mean that that could have been really the turning point in in that fourth quarter. But you know that group, I mean we were all I think all of us collectively were ready to kind of join hands and just you know murder kid for putting in that group and having the game be lost because of it um but instead that group actually did fine Giannis comes back in um Deli and Terry I think were, were playing extended minutes at that point 
um, and then they you know ultimately go small for a couple minutes and uh, and and fall behind. But then Henson comes back in. Henson played well tonight. I mean, three blocks, eight boards. Um, had a big follow on Giannis. Another you know one of Giannis's many missed layups tonight. I and tweeted they- it out during the game, but. Man, this is one of those nights where you watch the Bucks play, you watch Henson out there, and you wonder, how has this man not found himself rotation minutes in the NBA? Because when he's as active as he was tonight, where he's around blocking shots, he's around the rim for tip-ins offensively. And again, it's just six points, eight rebounds, three blocks in 20 minutes. So this isn't a huge scoring night. This isn't just a huge night, but a plus 13 overall in those 20 minutes. And like that's what that's what you're thinking when, when you sign John Henson and you think, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a backup big that gives you that energy, that executes on defense, that can get those tip-ins on offense, and like just works. Like he's got that second jump ability that's very quick, and he can find ways to be effective. And more nights than not, it, that doesn't happen. Um, and again, it's the enigma of John Henson. But God, you just see these nights, and you totally understand why an NBA GM would like him. Yeah, and uh, I think having him in to close the game obviously ultimately was was big because um you know you certainly can't argue with with the defense the Bucks played down the stretch. Um he did have the one big tip in uh and Monroe kind of struggled tonight. You know, he had a lot of, you know, shots I think that were probably makeable, had a lot of looks in the post, 4 out of 12. Um not Greg Monroe's best night by by any stretch and um you know, Henson earned those minutes late in the game and and certainly he he helped pay it off when he came in. Um, at the end there so uh, so kudos to John Henson who you know, obviously were were uh, always quick to point out his shortcomings and so uh, so tonight he played well um, and and uh, you know it deserved to close it out um, I think we we touched on it, but um, you know Giannis a weird game from Giannis I mean another anonymous start didn't score in the first quarter um, second quarter though really went to work as you pointed out uh, on a lot of these switches um, he got out in transition. He had a fast break dunk for his first bucket. Um, he ended, had another kind of layup streaking in transition and then um, just kind of went to work against uh, switches when uh, when they got those in the post. And, um, you know, it was just aggressive and, and uh, hit one jumper. But, you know, for the most part, his jumpers all seemed to be short tonight. Um, and that certainly contributed to, it, to an 8, eight of 21 shooting night, which is uncharacteristically bad for Giannis. But um, he did, and he also blew what seemed like you know, three, four layups or something like that. I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was sort of a strange night. His finishing was was not there for for long stretches. But, um, but you know, he comes back in. He didn't score. You know, he scores 15 points in the second quarter. Didn't score in the first. Didn't score in the third. Uh, comes back in in the fourth quarter and scores seven points. Um, you know, hit actually hit hit a had one sequence where he made two free throws. Where it seems like he hasn't had a fourth quarter, both uh, making two free throws in a row in a while. Um, but it had that one of the shots he missed, he followed up for a putback, uh, and, and a couple huge blocks, um, you know, just generally, I think brought it really defensively, um, in a way that, you know, we're, we're certainly accustomed to seeing, but, um, but just sort of reminds you of, you know, this is why we had that conversation about him. Just kind of make plays and regardless of, of the, you know, who else is on the court, um, he's just so mad. So shout out to Giannis. Um. I, I guess we we should notice we should note. I mean, Giannis missed missed bunnies tonight, and 
certainly from a closing standpoint, um, Chris Middleton getting punked by Alan Crabb twice on his last <laughs> possessions uh, wasn't wasn't ideal. Um, but uh, you know, we, we we talk about Chris kind of going to work against smaller guys. Crabb blocks him on one possession and then just steals the ball from him uh, on the next possession late. That, that was certainly not a, uh, an encouraging thing to see, but um, Bucks defense stepping up, Giannis and, and the rest of that crew. Brogdon, I think, thank God, came in for Della Vadova eventually. Uh, they got Terry out eventually. Um, I'm not sure how much longer they could have survived trying to defend Lillard and uh, McCollum with those guys. <laughs> zero but minutes and zero seconds. That's how long they could have survived. Zero, zero more minutes. Negative, negative, negative five more minutes. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Brogdon with a kind of, kind of a quiet stat stuffing night for him. Um, but I thought, you know, again, uh, I, I'm, I'm just happy. Look, I, he should have played more than 26 minutes. Delhi played 25. Again, uh, that should be, shouldn't be that balanced, but, um, but okay, you know what? At this point, I'm just glad that Jason Kidd remembered to put him back in at the end of the game and get Delhi off the court. Because um, at this point, I think we, you know, and I think it's too. I you know, I think especially with Chris too. I mean, you know, I think early in the season, like Kidd probably came in thinking he wanted Delhi to kind of be the like guy who you know would order be the orderly. Like, okay, I can, I know he'll run pick and roll, and you know, he'll be blah 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 white guy cliches. Um, but I think especially having Chris now late in games too, like you don't need, you know, whatever your perception of Delhi is in terms of like being a safe guy to have in there late in the game as a ball handler, you know, Chris being out there, I think is, is that steady, you know, helps as a steady influence. And, um, you know, I don't think there's any question at this point that, you know, look, if you've watched any of this buck season, you know, that Brockton's outplayed Dell of Dova. And, um, I think tonight again, you, you saw why that, that Delhi uh, or that Brogdon should be closing games and, um, you know, uh, uh, it was nice to see the guys who should have been closing the game, closing the game, I would say tonight. And, um, and obviously that was a big part of getting the win, man. Neither of those dudes can cover Dame Lillard though. Good God. Like, like the other night when I was talking about my concerns about Brogdon's quickness, lack thereof, whew, just watching him try to cover Lillard. Like it's the same. It, it was just kind of my fears in, actual video form that i could just watch over and over again and again the blazers are fantastic at finding ways to get lillard space and get him a a head start and set ball screens out really high but man he he is something to watch um and i mean obviously everyone understands how good he is offensively so um that's not really much of a surprise but man he is he is tough I, i guess taking a look at at the end of this game and and you mentioned Crab getting a couple getting a couple plays where one he, he blocked Middleton on a step back and two he ends up stealing that one and I guess one thing that always sort of scares me in the fourth quarter for the Bucks is that they they try to take advantage of those size mismatches for Giannis and and Middleton and. And I think that makes a ton of sense. Like I, I think both of them are good posting up smaller guys, as I've said before. I think they both do a nice job either creating for themselves or creating for others. But in those situations, referees tend to swallow their whistles. And a lot of the times, smaller guys are, are going to get away with some stuff. And, and I think you saw that play with Lillard where Middleton backs him down and extends the arm a little bit. But Lillard reached in before that. And with Crab for most of that fourth quarter, he was very handsy with Middleton. And 
I think it's just interesting to me that I think that's their best option right now with Giannis and and with Chris in the post trying to take care take advantage of smaller guys. But at the same time, it's just such a a low efficiency formula uh, because you're probably going to get twos out of it. You're probably not going to get fouls called because no official is going to feel bad for these guards that are trying to guard a six eight guy and a seven footer. And it, it just seems like such a scary thing. Um, and even. Even one of the little hook shots Middleton hit, Crab was all over him, probably had two hands on him, and it should have been and one, but, I mean, that's just not a call you're ever going to make. So those two just have to make really tough plays down the stretch for the Bucks because most of the time it's going to be ISO post-ups or ISO's off the dribble for those two. And I, I do always just kind of worry about those two getting through it. Like, it, it's... <laughs> As sad as it is to say, like it's not a very efficient offense, but sadly, it's way more efficient than anything they were doing in clutch time uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about sort of the, the stuff in in late game situations. I mean, you know, teams always kind of become more predictable, more ISO oriented, more you know, less dynamic. Let's say totally. in late game situations, and totally true. Um, you know, I think when you ask people why is that, you know, I think one of the the reasons you typically hear is it's just a lot easier to manage the clock and limit turnovers uh, in situations like that. Now, you know, granted Middleton just got his pocket picked, um, trying to bring the ball up, trying to back, you know, crab across half court at one point. But, um, but, you know, obviously typically if, if you're trying to work the clock to a certain spot, um, and you're trying to make sure that, you know, you don't make a catastrophic mistake and, you know, make a horrible pass like that gets picked off and, and run back for you know a pick six or something yep. um it, it's it's a risk averse type type thing to do and you know again you can you can debate whether that makes it um you know smart or whether that's good that conservatism is um is maybe you know bad right that, that you're you're taking yourself out of um higher expected value type type opportunities which you probably are but again you're trying to in many ways limit the the, the negative possibilities mm-hmm. um I mean, just just some numbers, people. I mean, Chris in the post this year, um, he's at 1.04 points per uh, play. Um, he's right coming in his game was shooting 59% um, from from the field <laughs> out of the post. Um, and and I, look, I'm generally not. Um, I I, th- I think it's a bit of a crutch to be honest, especially when the Bucks kind of just. And I don't know. I mean, it's like you know, if you want to do it at, at times, or if you have you know a six inch advantage, maybe I kind of get it. Um, but by the same token, I think it, it, it does, I don't know, it becomes a little bit, um, like, I, like you said, it, it's, it's, it, it, I don't know. I mean, you always kind of wish that, that maybe there could be something more interesting they could do because, um, you know, Chris Middleton's not going to shoot 59% from the post forever. Um, and he's in the 85th percentile right now. Giannis for the, for, for, if anyone's curious, um, he's at 0.92 points per play, um, 63, 63rd percentile. Um, in the NBA, Jabari was 1.04, um, so right around Chris's mark, um, and Michael Beasley 1.16. Uh, he's actually been uh, the Bucks' most dangerous um, post guy, interestingly. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's kind of those tough things, but but I, I get it. I mean, I think you want to kind of work the ball around to different people. I think the biggest the 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 big thing I like about you know trying to get the mismatch for Giannis is. Um, I think Giannis is more sort of high volatility in that, like, you know, he's more likely probably to get a turnover or a charge or, you know, do something, 
sort of, you know, have a more diverse set of outcomes. But um, by putting Giannis on the ball, again, you're putting Chris off the ball, which means you have better spacing. Giannis is not a spacer. Uh, and I think Giannis, like Chris, is, gets his blinders on. Like he's not passing when he gets when he gets the ball in those situations. I mean, he did tonight. Well, well not late in the game, but yeah, um, he did. But like you know, he gets into that kind of. Oh, he did. Yeah, on that one cut, which which Giannis blew. Uh, figured you know, uh, which made sense because he blew <laughs> however many layups tonight. But yeah. but I think typically, you know, Chris is looking for his shot, and you know, again, he's he's, totally he's boarding the tough shot. He's boarding the tough shot express, as our friend Steve Von Horn would. Um, would would usually uh, reference uh, in past years, and that's partly why his his clutch numbers have generally stunk uh, in the past, is is because he settles for lots of tough shots. But um, but I do like about Giannis is is if you can get him in those situations, he's he's so overwhelming physically um, that uh, you know again I, I think he, he demands the defense a bit more than Chris is, and you're going to have shooting off the ball then if Giannis is on the ball, and and I think Giannis is you know obviously a win. Passer. So we saw the LA game, uh, the Clipper game last week when he he hit Delhi for for a couple wide open shots, and um, you know Delhi actually made some because he was LA in LA. Delhi. But uh, but um, yeah, I was, I was gonna say tonight we saw it as well. The, the, one of those possessions late in the game, they did go to Giannis in the post, and it was Chris that fed it to him, and then Chris's guy was the only helper on that side of the floor. He had to go help on Giannis. He kicks back out to Chris, and I think Chris pump faked and took a one dribble pull up at about the free throw line um it didn't end up going in but when i saw that that to me that in my head i was like oh that was was better Giannis, or that was better offense than when chris has it there posting up and Giannis is the guy on the outside but two times in a row though that you you kind of saw a nice thing where chris didn't have his blinders on found Giannis. And again, Giannis missed that layup, but Henson gets the tip in. And again, the next time, I think it might have been the next time down, they go to Giannis in the post and he finds Chris. And you get a good look uh, because of all the attention that Giannis brings, but uh, end up missing that one as well. So uh, I, I, I guess I will I will take some of the good and some of uh, seeing Giannis and Chris actually be able to find some some clutch time success, which is nice. See the Bucks find some clutch time success, which just hasn't hasn't been something we've seen uh this year so to me that's a good thing and uh, i guess any other things late um would you have called a timeout during any part of that final minute where i had referenced before where everything just went up up and down up and down would you have fouled up three would you have uh, i don't even know uh, i don't anything you would have maybe done differently in that final minute frank i think that I mean, I would say in general, like I, I think coaches call too many timeouts late in games, in in the sense of you know, obviously, if there's three seconds left, you want to advance the ball. I mean, that that kind of makes perfect sense. But, um, but and I think it's maybe even more of a college thing where you know, it just seems like coaches want to c- coach too much. Steve Clifford, I mean, I like Steve Clifford, but I was watching a Hornets game I think a week or two ago and the Cornets got the ball um, on a final possession and they were like about to go run up, uh, run up the court and potentially get a game winning basket. And Steve mm-hmm. Clifford stops it um, by calling timeout. And it's just like, man, why, you know, it's not about you, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, trust your players, especially when you're talking about professionals. And so I, I actually, I actually kind of like it when you don't give a team a chance to, you know, defense to set up, you don't really give them a chance to game plan. Um, you just kind of go, and and trust your players to go make a play and you know obviously if you have more of a veteran team maybe you're going to be more likely to trust them um but i generally like it when 
um, you know, teams kind of just just let let their players play and um, just sort of you know roll the dice a little bit in, in that sense. Um, I I would say, you know, the Bucks had a, a, I think a couple chances to to foul when they were up three um, at the end there. Um, I think especially with with six seconds left or whatever it was. Um, you know, I mean, once the ball's in Lillard's hands, you know, look, Brogdon played it perfectly. Like at that point, you're not trying to slap Brogdon, slap Del Lillard to take a foul and send him to the line for two free throws because you know odds are he rises up and shoots a three, and then you're giving up you know, yeah. a four point play or or something, right? But um, but I think they did. You know, if you look at the tape, I mean, they they could have swiped at some of the other guys who, who touched the ball, and um, and, and you know, I, look, am I surprised that Jason Kidd didn't want to? take a foul there no i'm not surprised um and ultimately look i mean the bucks played terrific defense um in in that final minute so um you know they they paid it off i <laughs> they paid jason kids whether it was a uh, you know well-founded or completely misguided trust in them being able to defend <laughs> three-point line um they they pulled it off uh so hats off to to brogdon who you were dogging for his defense on lillard um he came up big there uh late in the game and um and obviously uh you know feels like he kind of escaped uh got out of jail a little bit there uh the way that uh, the bucks were down i think i think they were down 90 to 87 and and scored the final six points of the game so um you know again uh Milwaukee bucks i, I don't know we, we keep we keep wanting to kind of say like, eh, can we trust these guys? Can we trust these guys? I don't know. I mean, whether you trust them or not, they're they're pretty fun right now. So um, I'll, I guess I'll just take it. I think that's the biggest thing. I'm I haven't heard Jim Paschke's voice raise like that in a long time. That was that was jacked up vintage Jim Paschke. And you know what? I was pretty okay with it. And uh, in in the post game, Marcus was kind of giving him a hard time for it and like hey buddy i saw you come back again i haven't seen you that fired up for a game in uh in a couple years here and just kind of give him a hard time but uh, i mean it was it was totally deserved and they they kind of found their way out of it and yeah like you said 87 so 90 87 they're trailing with 312 left after lillard hits that just insane uh, floater from around the free throw line if you remember Middleton had blocked his three they had got a rebound and somehow bounced around to Lillard with a floater at the free throw line they go down 90 87 then then Brogdon is able to get into the lane for uh, a layup there then they get Chris Middleton on an eight footer then they get a, another stop on a John Henson block go down yeah, yeah. and then that's the play where Middleton gets it in the post kicks over to Giannis Giannis gets the layup attempt misses it and then Henson comes in and, and tips it and that's where you're at 139 left in the game 93 90 bucks lead and no one scores the rest of the way and as much as that's frustrating to see obviously the the crab block of Middleton the Middleton turnover uh, the Middleton missed 19 footer on that play I talked about before where Giannis was in the post and uh, you see all of those things but but the Bucks still take care of business and get the win, and they do it defensively. So uh, kudos to them. Big win. Uh, not a sucks to lose tomorrow uh, against the Kings, or I guess tonight if you are listening to this on Wednesday. Um, not a sucks to lose, but certainly one that 
the Bucks would absolutely love to have to go four on two, four and two on this road trip. I mean, I, that's not something I would have. You know what? That's not something I would have seen at the start of the season. That's not something I would have seen two months ago. That's not something I would have seen a month ago. Not something I would have seen a week ago. Not something I would have seen three days ago. So uh, if they go out and get four wins on this road trip, um, it would just be huge. Um, I haven't looked at the number fire or uh, 538 numbers. I would assume the playoff probability has gone up even higher because uh, Detroit lost a absolute heartbreaker to the, the Nets to lose they lost the Bucks to lose yeah, yeah. They, they lose to the Nets on a on a Lopez buzzer beater um falling out of bounds as time expired so they lose that one um Bucks have sole possession I believe of seventh at this moment um and I've got the uh so the 538 odds they're up to 74 percent likely to make the playoffs uh current latest projected record 41 and 41 and Interesting thing is that Pacers projected record forty-two and forty. So you know, again, they're a game up right now in the Bucks, and they are projected to finish a game up. So um, tight there. And the Hawks, the Hawks. Don't we have a game coming up against the Hawks, Eric? I think we have a game coming. Up I, against I the think Hawks. so. Yeah. Uh, they are they they are projected at forty-two and forty as well. So you know, I, I think we're we're a long way from saying the Bucks are you know a lock to make the playoffs. Um, cause a lot can still happen here late in the season. Uh, but certainly tonight, an important night in the sense that the Bucks get a win that, you know, you wouldn't have projected and the Pistons get a loss you wouldn't have projected. Um, and, uh, you know, the Bulls also had a huge lead in Toronto. They weren't necessarily expected to win that game, but they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. So, uh, so again, uh, things getting tight in the East and, you know, again, um, Bucks have have a terrific opportunity here to uh, to continue to make up ground on, um, you know, not just gain gain ground uh, on teams ahead of them, but continue to put some space between the teams that are chasing them. So, um, hey, no time to lot up tomorrow in in Sacramento. All right, that's gonna be it for us for today. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow after the Kings game.